Welcome back, everyone, for episode 32 of the Zero Analytics Podcast. Today, we make a stop in Emporia, Virginia, the home of Premier Racing Chassis. The company is fairly new to the karting world in comparison, but has made quite a name for itself in a few short years. Today, we pull back the curtain a bit on their operation to see how they took a unique approach to promoting and selling their chassis. In this conversation, we explore how they approach customer service and strive to eliminate variables in a non-traditional way. I really hope those of you involved in the karting industry, or any business for that matter, take notice on how customer service has played a significant role in their success. I see many teams or companies running their business a bit one-sided these days. Their business is designed for them as opposed for the customer. This is dropping right before Christmas, and I hope it finds you safe, happy, and full of gratitude with this year and all we've had to deal with. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, my friend, Mr. Hermie Sadler. I appreciate you coming to to the podcast and giving your time, Hermie. So welcome. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and giving giving me a chance to let more people know about Premier Racing Chassis. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, along with them, I uh, you know I did submit um, on Facebook, kind of ask people some for some questions that I'll bring up, and um, and uh, and I I myself have some questions. Just kind of going back, um, we were talking right beforehand that um someone that lives probably about three miles from me now in Delaware. Um, Mike Bullis and Zach Bullis, they, um, I used to help them long before there was premier racing chassis. And I know they're big supporters of you. And I uh, just hearing conversations over the years, it's just, um, I think that you guys have a unique setup the way you've probably set up your business. And um, I'm hoping we kind of get into that. And um, like you said, explore the brand and explore your, you know, your goals and stuff like that in racing. And I think it'll help everyone kind of get an idea and, um, maybe appreciate not only your business, but go-karting in general for maybe those that don't listen uh, normally. So, um, so again, I do appreciate it. And just to get into, um, kind of to get into it, um, what is, what is your current involvement in go-kart racing at the moment? Well, my brother and I, Elliot, you know, both started our racing careers in karting at a very young age. Um, we, you know, we were racing in the, you know, very, very early eighties, uh, early to mid eighties, we were, uh, that's when we were, you know, most involved up until, you know, around 1990, well, that's what we did. A lot of was go-kart racing. So, uh, we both have a tremendous love for the sport and, um, we, we've always tried to, to support it in any way possible, even when we weren't actively involved in karting, but about seven, uh, seven years ago or so, uh, one of the best friends I have in my life, uh, that started in karting. Uh, back in the day is with Robin Bradshaw. And so we just struck up a conversation, you know, many years, about eight years ago and said, you know, we were talking about trying to figure out ways we could do things together or do something together. And of course, Robin has a tremendous history in the sport. Um, so we, he kind of wanted to pick up where he had left off with his cart designs, you know, back in the day. And I wanted to do something with him. So we kind of started, uh, started premier racing chassis and my involvement today is exactly that it is um basically to simplify it robin handles all of the performance side of things and i handle uh the business side of things so robin is in charge of you know our current carts and production and our uh our testing and our prototype stuff moving forward and anything related to performance and building fast go-karts and parts and pieces and components is all Robin. 
and I handle the uh, you know the business side, the marketing and the and the uh, the day to day operation and and those kind of things. So uh, I, I really enjoy it because it's 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 we're serious about it, but it's 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 a hobby for both of us, and it's a hobby because we love it. And you know, it was born out of a out of a out of a wonderful friendship. I don't have a better friend in this world than I, than Robin Bradshaw. So you know, the fact that it was born out of a friendship and the fact that we've been able to, you know, build on what we've been doing over the last, you know, eight years or so and, and really ready to make another big jump has been a lot of fun. That's great. When you, when you and Robin decided that, okay, we're definitely, we're going to go ahead. We're going to move forward. uh, We're going to jump back into go-kart racing or get more involved in it anyway. Did you guys kind of set out and have a goal in mind or was it just, you wanted to just grow the sport and have fun together. Um, what were your it, thoughts it, moving into it? Yeah, it really just started out that a couple things. Number one, you know, Robin and I wanted to work on a project together. You know, we enjoy each other's company. Uh, he's a great mentor to me, not only in racing, but in life, uh, all that. But we did not have a plan. I, I, I really, when we first started, Robin, you know, in our conversation said, I've got some ideas that I'd like to explore in, you know, in, in building this chassis, which at that time was our V1, which was our first, our first production cart we came up with when we first started. I think we went through maybe four or five prototypes before we got to the V1. You know, now we're about six years into the V2 that we've had so much success with. But we really just said, you know, I want to, you know, Robin had a bunch of ideas that he wanted to explore um in in cart manufacturing and and design and we really just started out you know we're going to build a handful of carts and and try to see if we could get some of our you know between he and i both we have a lot of friends in racing and certainly a lot of friends in the karting industry we were going to go out and and try to get you know a handful of people just to ride the carts for you know really for fun or you know just so we could learn and didn't really have any aspirations at the very beginning to really turn it into any kind of a business. Um, so it started, it started, um, you know, th- that simply let's, let's build a cart. I've got some ideas. Let's get some people that we know on the track to ride them and, you know, and see where it goes. And then really from there, it is, you know, taken off and really, uh, has moved along, you know, pretty quickly, maybe, uh, quicker than either, either of us were prepared for or intended for it to, uh, but that's that's where it started. Gotcha. Yeah, it's um when you go to your website and you kind of look back, um, you know, like the early days when you guys really first came out, and you kind of look at the winners and championships, and you go back to I think it was like 2015, and you see a couple, and then you go to 16, and then progressively as you got to like 2019, the list is uh, it's several pages long with, and not just weekly championships, but larger bigger races i mean i guess there's not really a lot of championships anymore it seems like it's more focused on individual events but um you're right it did it's astronomically grown since uh since those years and apparently it was on the v2 chassis so it's the same chassis over all those years which is which is pretty impressive as well yeah well the thing is i think go back to what i said earlier i think when robin and i first started we didn't know how you know where it was going to go or what what was going to come of that first go-kart. So I think in the beginning, some people were a little bit shy about maybe, you know, maybe switching carts or maybe coming to our brand, which was a startup brand with no real business plan, you know, from, 
you know, if they were riding a, a different manufacturer with a lot of history or, you know, I, I can understand why it would be a little bit of an unknown for some people that, you know, didn't want to take the jump initially. But I think now, you know, eight years in and the way things are going now, people are, are you know, are quicker to or less tentative, I guess you could say, to, to make the jump to our, you know, to our brand and our team because of, to your point, all the races that we've won over the years and especially the last couple of years uh, with this V2. We've, you know, we've accomplished our goals in that our goal has always been to sell a go-kart to our customers that is the best that we know how to provide at that time and give them the best chance to win long term. And we've still got people that are winning races, you know, on V1s and still V2s that are six and seven years old, um, you know, at a high level at, at big races. And that's kind of been our our thing. Our, our goal has never been to see how many carts we can sell. That's why we don't have a new, you know, we're working on a V3 right now, but we don't have to have a new cart every year. We we want to have the fastest cart um, that we can build. And this cart really has the V2 withstood the test of time. You know, look at this year alone, you know, one, two in the, in the big O we won the, the, the max daddy and a champion of champions race at the, at the nationals and, and multiple championships in different parts of the country at different levels from red plate all the way up to the adult classes. And so, you know, but we've, you know, in this period, even though we may be on the same, you know, general chassis, we have updated a lot of the components and parts and pieces that we put on those carts, whether it be spindle packages, axles, you know, different, uh, different components to, 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 to make them better uh, as we've gone along. But the fact that we can sell somebody a go-kart that'll last them for four or five years, hopefully still be competitive and also still have a good market value when they get ready to get rid of it. Uh, that's, those are all of our goals and they seem to be holding pretty true today. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and kind of just going back to your, your beginning point of kind of like breaking in, I guess breaking the barrier to kind of get in. I know, um, like I was pretty heavy into it. I'm, I'm not actually currently in racing right now, but um, we decided to have another kid, and I kind of decided that was that was a step I was kind of go kind of go to. But um, even back when you guys first started, I think that even even with your name and Robin's name and the um, you know the, the clout that you've built, not only um, as a personality, as a person, as a racer, as a you know in general, you still had to break through those barriers because I know at the time. You know, you hear the rumblings. You've probably heard it before. It's like, what, what are these guys' intentions? Like, what, what is exactly is going on here? And then, like you said, it, it kind of took that little, those few years to really get going for people to realize, like, you know, this is something that you're taking serious. You're not doing it as, as like a little side gig over here that you're not going to pay attention to and things like that. And um, and you know yourself. I mean, and you've been at a lot higher levels, but at go kart racing, I mean just like anything else at the highest level, I mean, people live, breathe, work all week to get to the racetrack. And, um, and I think they want to know that the person they're buying from and the brand they're supporting is taking it just as serious as them, regardless of what you have done or haven't done in the past, you know, and, um, and, and even you had to break through that, you know, and that's, that's, um, well, that's a, I that's think, a, in, that's a constant battle, you know, not only in carding, but in, in any business. And that's something we've really and truly had to work on is the infrastructure of, parts and pieces to to support our customers and now our distributors and those kind of things we didn't have any of those things several years ago and we don't have enough of them today because we you know a lot of this is we're, we're building you know we're building kind of as we go but now 
you know, now we're, we're, we have distributors, you know, that uh, represent our brands in different parts of the, you know, the country. We've got more coming on in, uh, in, the, in the beginning part of next year. But with that, we've had to go back and reevaluate and change the way that we, you know, the way that we manufacture our parts and pieces and to make sure we can, you know, supply the demand that, that we have for some of our products. So, again, I understand everybody's hesitancy, you know, with us when we started, even though, you know, there, there's not a there's not a better name in carding than Robin Bradshaw, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think you ask most, um, you know, people that have been around the carding industry, especially, you know, in the Mid-Atlantic region, you know, WKA, Horseman Gold Cup, you know, dirt racing, whatever, you know, Robin is a Hall of Famer and uh, for a reason. But I think even with that, you know, we it, it took time for people to really realize what we were doing, how we were doing it, and how we were planning to be there to support our customers. And, and the other thing is that's, that's different and, you know, it works for some people, some people it doesn't, is our, is our business plan and how we get carts to customers. My, my brother and I growing up were fortunate enough, we had the resources that when we needed a go-kart, we went to the Horseman Gold Cup Series or to a, you know, North Carolina Dirt Series race that Robin Bradshaw was racing in. And if we needed a cart, you know, nine times out of ten, Robin would win the race. And then we would go over there and buy his cart just like it set when the race was over and we brought it home. My dad uh, was and still is a no-nonsense, no-excuses type of a guy, especially when it comes to racing. So. We always knew if we went and bought the cart from the guy that won the race, then it was up to us to get the tires on it. And if we could drive it, we should be able to have a chance to win as well. And so we decided at the beginning uh, that we would adopt the same uh, mechanism to get customers to, you know, get the best carts possible. And by that, I mean all the carts that come through our production system we have our distributors race them once or twice, sometimes three times, whatever it takes, uh, to make sure that they uh, they scale like they're supposed to, they perform like they're, they're supposed to, they react to changes like they're supposed to, and then we sell them to, uh, to customers, and customers can buy them at the track just like I did. If somebody walks up and, and say, Austin Yarborough wins a race on one of my carts, then if they want it, they can buy it right there at the racetrack and roll it in the trailer and take it home and not only have a winning go-kart, but be able to put it on the scales and get notes and, and learn from it as well. And so um, that's one thing. And, and the other thing that really helps us do, which is probably the most important thing is it, it enables us to every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, when we build a cart that doesn't run like we want it to, or doesn't have the roll speed or doesn't react to change like we want to, or doesn't, scale like we want it to after we ride it a couple times we can take it out of inventory before it gets to a paying customer so i say all that to say that i think one of the things that really separates us is the fact that every cart that gets to a paying customer is a winning proving cart that has met all of the parameters and the qualifications and the high standard of excellence that we require of them coming through our process before they get to a paying customer I'm I'm glad you touched on that. That uh 
that was one of the things that really stood out to me. And, um, and I was going to ask you why, and it's kind of interesting. That's it actually started from back when you guys are racing and, um, anyone that's really kind of listened to the podcast, something I've really preached over the years uh, or over the past couple of years is, um, is really, I think go-karting and, and probably racing in general is a lot more about eliminating variables and not controlling them. And what I mean by that is exactly what you said, making sure when you get there to the go, you know, to the track, that you know the seat's in right, you know the body's mounted right, you know everything on the chassis right, you wait it out, because that way you only have a few variables to worry about, you know, the gears, the tires, which is a big enough headache as it goes anyway, but, um, so that, that was one of the bigger things that really stood out to me, and, um, and it seems like, I mean, that was a totally different direction than what people have done and still really are doing, um, as far as, like, the customer service goes, and I think that, um, that's one thing that I've heard a lot about, um, you know, from a lot of parents, but as well as just guys taking over and, and jumping into your go-karts is the customer service that's there is a uh, really, really above and beyond what was present before you guys really entered back into the sport. So, um, was that, was that kind of part of the game plan too, is to really just be the best at those things as well as, well, you make, you, you made a good statement and it's kind of what we, you know, eliminate variables. That's kind of what we've, uh, what we set out to do. Customer service is very important. That's one of the reasons why we stay small, you know, in, in relative terms. We're not, we're not able to, nor are we trying to sell, you know, four, five, four or five hundred go karts a year. We're not interested in assembly lining, you know, go karts and putting together brand new go karts that look pretty, but and shipping them off to customers all over the country. And we don't know when they leave our shop whether they're going to turn left or right, you know. So. Uh, my my right. thing is a, a go-kart purchase for, for a lot of families, especially your Saturday night racers, that is really the, the, the backbone of, of this industry. Buying a brand new go-kart is a tremendous investment for them, whether it be an adult racing or them buying a cart for their kid, whatever. And I'm just mm -hmm. not going to sell an unproven part or a go-kart to, you know, to a customer. So, you know, Robin, we've got a system. So, you know, we, all of our carts are hand welded, they're TIG welded, you know, and, and then they come over to, Robin is the last person, he's got a fixture at his shop that he puts them on, that he checks all of the measurements, front end, back end, he does a partial assembly on it, puts the axle in it, puts, puts some of the components on the cart to make sure that everything fits within his, you know, margin of error or his parameters, and he's the one that does the final adjustments as far as putting the crown in the carts and doing all that he does all that by hand on every single cart and then the cart has to come to us we go get it painted we assemble it and then the reason we ride them not only is we want them to be proven but another part of our checkpoint is after we ride them we they they need to settle in on the scales at a certain number with a certain washer setup and if we if we, we know if they don't get to that number or something goes wrong with it, then we've got to adjust it or work on it, or as I said earlier, take it out of the take it out of the rotation, and you know, and, and don't sell it. And and that's kind of how we uh, do that. And, and most people don't understand, but you know, all these things I'm talking about is not really for the racers that go to the nationals and the max daddies and all the you know all the big time carters we see at the track every week. They all know how to do all the stuff that we do as far as setting up a cart and squaring it up and making sure it's the caster and the camber and all those things are correct. 
this is more for the racers, whether they be way up north or down in Florida or out in the Midwest, people we've never met before. We have no no way of knowing at all what their, you know, what their experience level is as far as setting up a cart. And if you send them something that's not already ready to go, you know, in in relative speaking, you know, a lot of times people just they put tires on and go out there and race. And if they don't run good, you know, first thing they're going to do is get on social media and and, and bash your product. And <laughs> so doing it my way, doing it this way just eliminates the question of, okay, you're paying top dollar to get this, this go-kart and, you know, uh, we want to make sure that you've got something that, that we have already won on or one of my distributors has won on so that we know it's going to do the job. And, you know, we run into some headwinds with it. Um, some of the competitors in the industry, you know, they, they, they try to knock us for, you know, saying that we're selling used carts. Um, I, I look at it as I'm selling proven carts. So, you know, they can do what they want to. And, but like I say, we're, we're set up to, you know, we, we do about, you know, about two carts a week. That's all we can do. You know, we do so much of it by hand and so much of the attention to detail. And, and that's really, that's really all we can do and, and do it the right way. And, that, you know, if somebody <laughs> buys a premiere, it's going to go through that process and nothing less. Right. So quality over quantity. Exactly. That's what I tell some of my friends when you used to go out to the bars back in the day. <laughs> um, so, so when you, I'm going to get back to when you and your brother started racing. So back, so back then I've been racing. I started at Piney Neck Speedway back in the late eighties. I just turned 40 a couple weeks ago. So um, I've been in it through, you know, for a while and kind of seen the growth of the oval cart industry uh, more on the dirt side. But back when you were racing, um, just like one of our past guests, well, um, Kevin Colburn was really big into the, the gold cuts, our gold cut stuff back in the day. Um, back then, I mean, road course racing was where most of the bigger names and like the bigger races and stuff were, correct? Yeah, well, my, my brother and I started actually the first races that we ran were in Broadneck, Virginia, uh, on a little dirt track not too far from where we live. They used to have good crowds on Friday nights, and we kind of, you know, our dad always made us or expected us to to win at a certain level before we moved on to something else. So we started racing on Friday nights at Broadnecks, and we got where we could win some there. And then we started running uh, VDKA, which is Virginia Dirt Karting Association, and VKA, Virginia Karting Association. And that, that, that was the first time that got us on not only dirt oval racing, but some asphalt tracks as well, like Danville, Virginia, Powhatan, Virginia, some of these asphalt tracks and then then from there we graduated to going to some of the horseman gold cup series races and that's where we started you know being involved with and getting to know uh people like robin bradshaw that you know that did it at the highest level at some of those races we went to and you know, i go back now to the early 80s is when my family became you know close with robin bradshaw and his family and you know that 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 friendship and that trust, you know, from way back in those days, right now to today, is really the foundation that Premier Carding, uh, Premier Racing Chassis has been built on. Good deal. Yeah, I'm. Uh, actually had some T-shirts made a while back. I use. I always kind of. I'll post on Facebook every once in a while. You know, loyalty is worth two tenths, and um, it's it's good to hear stories like that. That um, people sticking together. You know, what I mean, it's um, 
people under underestimate the uh, the power of truth and and in having that trust there and and knowing when you have a conversation, um, whether it be in in life or racing, that you know you don't want to second guess it. You know you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people. And, hey, I mean, and that's the cool how- thing is, you know, we're now on the V two. I've already seen you know we and we we've, we've tested three times during the 2020 season on a prototype for V3, which is showing promise, but we're still probably 12 to 18 months away uh, from going through all the testing protocols that we go through on the chassis. Then we do a body. Then when you got seats and you got all these other things to, uh, to go along with it. But the cool thing is, is Robin has had a plan, a, a roadmap, a diagram from how we got from the V1 to the V2 the feedback we're getting on the V2 have for six or seven years, how that's going into the V3. And we do all of our testing in closed testing environments. And he makes us go back. We call it ABA. So you run something, you, you put another something on, run that and go back to what you had before to verify. So you're looking at three different test runs to verify one change or one component of a cart. There's no way some of these other people you know, they 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 get where they're trying to come up with a new cart and they give several of their house drivers new carts and they take them to the racetrack for the weekend. You know, and if they hit the tires right and they win, they're like, oh, we got a new cart. It's great. But how do you know it was the cart? You know, until you, you know, you really I really appreciate it. It's methodical and it's it's time consuming all mm-hmm. that. But but I really have appreciated learning the way that Robin has gone through every aspect of our V2 has gone through an extensive testing protocol to, to double and triple verify that what we see on the stopwatch and what the driver, the feedback the driver gives us on the drivability is really what's going on on the cart. And so that's really gives me comfort in what we've got now and where we're headed in the future with our, uh, with our next generation of carts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's that's a unique approach. It's kind of like doing a double blind study, I guess, um, in general. And you're kind of eliminating the placebo effect. Like you said, you get guys on a new go-kart, a new body, and they go out there and they win. And they all of a sudden, it's the best thing when you don't really know what it is compared to what you previously were on. And I go back to, I go back to with us, our transparency. When we go to the racetrack on a weekend, everybody that's got a premier racing chassis, V2, has got the same parts and pieces and components as the distributors that are riding my carts that weekend, whether it be Austin Yarborough or Stephen Adams or Austin Wyatt or whoever it is, that's why we say if you want that cart that Austin Yarborough is racing or Stephen Adams or Austin Wyatt or whoever it might be, if you want that cart, when they roll off the scales after the last race tonight, go get it and put it in the truck because, you know, that's our way of letting everybody know that, what we've got at the racetrack is what everybody's got. And that's the best we can provide right now. We want everybody to have the same opportunity to have the same type of stuff as our, as our distributors and our top, top name teams have. And to us, that's important. Yeah. Who is this Austin Yarborough guy you're speaking of? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just messing. I, th- I um, think the boy's got a chance. <laughs> I tell you, and, um, <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was at um, at Margaretsville, and we grew up a lot racing around there. I helped Alex White and Brandon White, his older brother, before that, mm-hmm. um, all through like the 2000s, and I had a lot of success and you know, um, won some big races. We we grew up 
kind of racing around Margusville a lot. And um, last year I went to, it was the Champ Max Daddy race, but it was also the Paul White Memorial. And that was the first time I went back to the track in two years. And and being at Margusville a lot, like I know that, you know, a lot of people win races. A lot of people, especially in like the pro adult classes, they don't just leave the pack. And that, I don't know if it was one of the first times that Jonathan Cash rode one there or not, but it was one of those times that. Yeah, I know the night you're talking about. That yeah, was, uh, it, he. Yeah, he uh, he dominated. He, yeah, yeah, and Jonathan is yeah. an old, old guy too. So you know, you know that was a big accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, when I saw him there, I mean, I've raced there enough to know that for a single go kart to pull out on two or three people and and really maintain that, and it was an eye opening moment for me. Where um, and I I know you guys proven yourself long before that, but for me, it's just seen enough racing. Like when I saw that, I was like, man. Like, um, it, it's not going to be good for other people moving forward. You know what I mean? And, um, and well, I know I, you know, and I appreciate you saying that, but you know, we look at it like we're proving ourselves every day and, you know, we're just getting to the point, say for the last two years that a guy like Jonathan cash or a team like P and P speed shop would, you know, take a chance and come, you know, be partners in our team, so to speak, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, and so for us, for Jonathan to, 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 to feel like that our, our, our brand and our cart is such that, you know, cause if, if you're in the carting business, like Jonathan is, you can't afford to make a mistake when it comes to the carts you're racing on. Um, and the amount of success you have, because the carting business, as you know, is very fickle. It's here today, gone tomorrow. You can, if you, you have to win and you have to win consistently and your customers have to win consistently and so you know i've known jonathan cash for years i've known him for 15 years or more uh probably more than that and we've had conversations you know since we've been a brand you know i've had multiple conversations with jonathan in meetings and we met for dinner and talked while he was racing other brands and i always respected his situation of being hey y'all got a good cart but you know i've got this this relationship that relationship, this commitment, that commitment, whatever. But uh, we snuck him in one uh, two years ago at Tri-County down in um, uh, Kenley, North Carolina first. We snuck him in one down there before that night at Marcusville you're talking about. And he just got off of it and was riding it back to back with, with the cart. He was riding with the same tires and all these kind of things. And he just said, you know, it's the best driven, best driving go-kart I've ever driven. And Jonathan's driven a lot and so to get that kind of a endorsement from somebody like him really gave i think other people some confidence you know guys like brian bradford who's come along and you know got the stephen adamses and the shockleys and these kind of people i mean once once somebody like jonathan was comfortable to to put his livelihood on the line uh to come uh, you know uh, race our products for us then it's just another step, you know, in our, in our evolution, you know, in the, in the industry. And then of course you get somebody like Austin Yarborough on top of that. And, you know, Austin is just a, you know, he's just a difference maker. And so to have people like that, that have driven all these different types of carts to, you know, to want to be a part of the team and give the kind of feedback they can give, um, all these things are helping us build better parts and pieces and components moving forward. But it took a while, but the good news is, as I said before, We've never been in a hurry, nor are we trying to be big. We, we want our customers to be big, 
you know, all, us as a manufacturer, we want to be, you know, we want to be the, the size that we can manage and make sure that we've got our hands uh, on every cart that goes out the door uh, so we can kind of babysit it when it gets to, gets to a customer. And that's, uh, that's the way we're always going to do it. Yeah, I want to touch base on something that um, I've heard from several different people I know really well that um, after they rode the Premier go-kart, I'm assuming it's the V2, it's been the last couple of years, but um, and, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase here, but you know, when they got off, they went to whoever's go-kart they rode and said, man, I used to respect your tire game until after I drove that thing one time. And, um, and I've heard several people that have rode it say that it does, it just drives better. Um, is there something that sticks out to mind of why that happens or is that just the overall design and uh, the components from from robin well um, it, i give robin all the credit, credit. Yeah. uh i give robin all the credit uh for that but one one of the things that that i think most people would say about our cart is that it just rolls really good you know they all just talk about roll speed that's kind of mm-hmm. been a you know because you're not always going to hit the tires perfect sometimes you're going to be off so our goal for the V2 and even more so as we get towards the V3 is to open that tire window up, but get, get build a cart that has enough speed to where if you are not exactly on it, you know, you still got a chance. Now to us, if you take our cart and hit the tires perfect, like you're talking about with, with Jonathan cash at Morgansville, we think you can drive away, but we also think with our cart, if you don't hit it exactly right, you know, you, you may not win, but you, but you've got a chance. You can, you know, you can stay in that hunt and it's all Robin. I, I mentioned that, you know, Robin, um, you know, Robin does all of the final manipulation of our chassis on his fixture at his shop by himself. And part of what he has learned how to do. And we did a lot of this together, uh, practicing on runways at airports and different things, you know, trying to get, trying to get something that would that would roll and and he we've worked hard on that and i you know i try to tell people all the time because they look at our cart and they think they know what everything is it looks like this it looks like that so much engineering in into the inner workings of our cart that enable it to do that they, they don't drive like that by accident they drive like that because of robin bradshaw and his you know 40 plus years of experience um, and what makes a cart run, uh, and, and also what makes it go around the corner as well. So that's something we really work hard on and something we're really proud of. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, I know back in the day, I, I learned from hammer, um, who, he traveled with Ron moon and stuff back in the day, but we used to go to Daytona and uh, we won like two out of three years there. It was just like the junior sports in class with guys from Delaware, Maryland, but literally the week before we went, we're out there at nighttime with the lights on the truck pushing the go-karts down the driveways back and forth going in changing the camber going back in changing the t- like non-stop until hammer got that thing to roll where you could put one little finger on it on the grid and just push it and this was the early 2000s so i mean it yeah the chassis well, all those things still apply i mean robin yeah. robin fusses now when he gets to the, i mean he's it's all about like you say getting things to to you know the axle the the hubs all these things that you know resistance has got to be at a minimum and he's real big on the weight you know he's constantly working on you know for instance we just we've got a new style spindle coming out uh in the next couple of weeks that you know uh, that is much more accurate than our current spindle as far as degree wise but it's 
it's about 10 or 11 percent lighter you know than our than our current axle he's you know so we can get all this weight you know down low in the center of gravity and all that but we we i mean we spent hours days working on just getting the cart to free roll and you know give out give our customers a chance you know to 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 have speed even when the tires weren't perfect and um you know we um we uh, we work on it all the time, and like I say, a lot of the stuff. Robin is one of these guys that can come to the racetrack and just watch, and not only make you better at the track that day, he can tell you, move this, move your seat, move that, try this, try that. But he's also got six years worth of feedback from a lot of great drivers, you know, including I'd be remiss if I didn't mention when we first started, Justin McDonald was the first one that really got on our V1s when we first started getting serious about it and he won a lot of big races on it including you know big o's and things like that and then of course austin banker spent several years at my shop and i mean he had three or four tremendous years um you know uh, on the on the brand and now we've kind of mushroomed into you know having you know having quality talented teams and drivers really across the board um but everybody has given feedback and Robin has gotten feedback from so many talented people. I mentioned before earlier that he's already got a plan of how to implement those, you know, into our testing plans for the V3, which we've already done. You know, some of it is. And the reason that's important is when it comes to Robin and his testing, he doesn't just try things to throw it against the wall to see if it's going to work. He already knows what needs to be done. He just needs to verify it in our testing conditions. And he's already got the next, you know, eight months worth of testing planned out for what we're going to do, what he expects to see, and how we adjust from there. And that's, you know, if not only being a business partner, but more importantly, if I'm a, if I'm a customer and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what brand for the next three to five years is going to give me the best chance to consistently, you know, win and and have the be, you know, the best cart that I can, that I can buy. I feel co- confident in what we're doing because. Everything we do is methodical. And it's because of a plan, and it's because of Robin Bradshaw and nothing else. I gotcha. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to him one day. We, uh, he and I, kind of we play phone tag a little bit and um, miss each other. And I think the timing's a little off, but I'll definitely like to well, get him. The other thing with him too, he's um, he's the most talented. He's the smartest person I've ever met in any kind of racing. Uh, great driver in his own right. But his best quality, one of his best qualities, is is being humble. He doesn't he doesn't look for attention. He doesn't really like attention. He doesn't he likes to kind of do his thing, kind of behind the scenes and and those kind of things. So if you get him to talk, congratulations. But he, <laughs> he he'd rather he'd rather be in the shop, you know, working on a working on one of our carts or building one of those legendary limited modified engines, you know, um, when it comes to karting. But um, you know, it's uh, so rewarding uh, for me to be able to to go on this journey with him. He's a he's a great person to have around. Uh, gotcha. Well, you can uh, you can certainly tell just listening to you talking to him how uh, how much you got you know how much your relationship means to you. You know what I mean? That's a, that's great to hear. I think a lot of times we talk about racing and so even on the podcast, like I kind of stress like you know racing's great, but I think even when you get out of it or you're taking a break or you think back on it, it's a lot of times it's the memories and the relationships you built outside of racing that um 
that really come to mind, you know, no matter what you've won or lost and over the years. And I think that's um, something that you've kind of showcased throughout this conversation that, um, you know, like it, it is about relationships and with those relationships, you can do anything. It doesn't matter if it's in racing or out of racing. Yeah. The, uh, uh. the relationships and the, you know, and the love and respect you have for the people that you're working with, you know, and for us, both of us, it's so rewarding to get the emails and the text messages and social media posts and all from customers, especially dads that are, you know, on this journey with their kids and they're, you know, to, to feel like we've had a small hand in helping them, you know, win some of those races. It's uh, that, that's really for us, you know, what it's all about. And we hope to continue to be able to do that for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, like you kind of alluded to, I mean, my son, we've, um, start testing here pretty soon. He just turned nine, but, um, he didn't really show a big interest. So I wanted to wait until he was asking about it. So um, we're going to start, but I know, um, one of the things that really stuck out to me is, um, like you said, the social media posts where, um, you know, racing Hayes was on here a while back. And so I've seen some of his when he's won and you, you've been in the photos and uh, a couple other parents I've talked to really expressed how much one, they said, I wouldn't have any problem getting you to talk. But the other thing is, um, they were just, they were so grateful of uh, just you taking the time to just, even if it's say hi, stop by, take a picture, shake a hand or have a conversation, not only with them, but also like their kid. And, you know, with your background, it, it's, it means a little bit more, I think, to someone that, um you know, these kids have seen you on TV racing or, or talking or whatever. And to take a little bit of time to them as they look back, I think, and they'll see that picture 30 years from now and they'll, they'll have their little story to tell their kids and stuff. So I think that's, um, something that sometimes is overlooked that, um, you know, really seems like you guys are taking the, uh, the customer approach from really from the designing the chassis to actually the interaction and stuff. And, um, it's really something that stuck out to everyone that I've talked to prior to this conversation. I appreciate um, that. That's, that's a, that's a fun thing for me because I remember when I was that kid there with my dad or my family, you know, trying to achieve my dreams and, and, and win that race to, to, you know, try to move on to, to something else, you know, down the, you know, down the road. So I, we, uh, I know what it's like, you know, to be there. And I love the, you know, that's, and I tell my guys every day, you know, it's important to win the, the big adult races and I get all that, but what really keeps our interest level in it. And the reason Robin and I work on it so much is, is for the kids. And, you know, we, we've, uh, we've, we, me and him just had a talk last night for about 45 minutes on the phone we want to one of the things that we've done and we did it by design was we've only got one go-kart we've got a premiere right now our, our go-kart is a v2 we don't have a v2 adult and a v2 kid and a big tube this and a small tube that and a you got to run this spindle on this and this spindle on that and this axle we got one go-kart we wanted to be a one go-kart that would service the industry whether it was a red plate all the way up to a, you know, super heavy, uh, and everything in between. And by and large, we've gotten by with that, but we we've realized through the course of this year that uh, on the kids side, we need, we need to keep working in that area. So that's one of the things we've been focused on. We are focusing on this off season and into and through Daytona through the spring is trying to develop some, some components and do some testing with some components that will help our the kids that are so light uh take them from being good to being great and so because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd rather sell a customer you know a couple parts than i would 
have to go to them and say, well, you got to buy a new go-kart, you know, this is what, so we're, 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 but that's kind of what we've, we've been. I, I don't want, personally, I don't want to have to stock, you know, parts for five different versions of go-karts. We don't, like I say, we don't have an adult and a, and a, and a kid, and we don't have a version A, version B, version C, and version, you know, D has got all the nice stuff, version A, you know, all of our carts have exactly the same stuff on them. And, um, and like I say, for the most part, for the last, you know, six years or so, it's, it's served a purpose, but we, we, we are looking into, uh, and have already started the process of trying to, uh, without, until we get to a V3, without having to thinking that we need to try to sell more go-karts to, you know, to, to kids, we want to make those go-karts better, um, for, for lighter weight drivers. Cause all of our testing was done with, you know, for the most part, 375 or so weight. So and we're already well into doing that. But it goes back to the point of what you brought up is that the kids are the backbone of this industry. And if we don't take care of them and keep them interested, then uh, we're not going to have anybody, you know, racing go-karts in the next 15 years. And none of us want that. No, <clears throat> I agree. Um and kind of just alluding to the the whole, the, it's kind of like the one chassis design. It's kind of like I um I'm into martial arts and practicing for like four or five years now. But um, like I know the old Bruce Bruce Lee quote, which I tell people about tire prep. It's not the man with a thousand kicks. It's the man with one kick that practices a thousand times. And mm-hmm. I think that um, it kind of goes along probably with the same kind of general thought of you guys. Of you know, you guys are going to be better on one chassis, even if you have to have a different components package than you would trying to build three or four or five. And um, and trying to keep up with all that, it's it's so hard because there are so many variables with so many different people riding them. And um, I think mean, just listening to you and stuff, I think that you, you guys have really, you know, luckily thought this thought, you know, thought this out and, and really um, kind of set yourself up to succeed because just the amount of variables that you do have. And, um, and as far as you going, you got to look, racing is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done it, you know, that the best way to have success is to keep it as simple as possible. And that's mm-hmm. what we, you know, my dad, you know, I go back to when I told you we first started racing at Broadnecks on Friday nights. My first go-kart that we bought was from Robin Bradshaw and Lewis Dowell at Competition Kart. We bought a Margay Expert 2, and we had one kart, four burst tires, and one stock engine that Robin had built. And we took that go-kart, and probably for the next year, we probably won 80% or more of the races of uh, junior two races at Broadnecks that year and my dad you know we still joke about it today you know when we started to struggle a little bit is when we had too many options we had too many carts we had more than one motor more than one tire selection you know all that so that's really we believe is that you know we want to keep it simple and honest and transparent and straightforward for not only us but as I said before also our manufacturers I can't ask my manufacturers to stock five different go-karts and five different component packages for those five go-karts. I mean, it, people in this industry don't have that kind of cash to have those kind of inventories around. So right, wrong, or indifferent, our goal is to always have one go-kart that, you know, will service everybody we're trying to service. And by the way, dirt over go-kart racing is the only thing we will ever do. I get asked all the time about, you know, wings, sprints, and other things, other types of racing, and I know they're exciting, and people do both and all that, but our focus has, will always be the flat carts and buggies and things for the dirt 
oval industry. We're going to focus all of our attention and efforts on that. Good deal. Uh, speaking of transparency, um, I've heard some stories and um, just that you guys have conference calls with, with customers and things like that. And um, can you, is that true? I mean, is it, can you touch base on how they work and um, kind of like how that, how that works for you guys? Yeah. Uh, well, we, we've, I've always had the, you know, the, the mindset of, you know, when I want all of my customers to have all the same information that guys that work in my shop have, or some of our distributors has as far as cart and tires and things like that. And just let the drivers settle it on the track. That's kind of always been the, you know, the mindset that we've had. Uh, Rick Hendrick, uh, one of my dear friends, you know, very successful owner of Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, is probably the best or has been the best through the years at getting, you know, team members, competitive people to, you know, to, to share and compromise for the better cause of the entire brand or the entire uh, team. And so um, what we started to do when we started the brand and, and uh, every Monday night, we would send out a, a phone number and a, and a passcode for all the customers that had Premier Carts. And we'd all call into a conference call. And our customers would be on it. Robin and myself, Austin Banker, when he worked for me, he would be on it. Austin Wyatt, Jonathan Cash, Austin Yarborough, you name it. We were all on there. And I used them for, for, for different purposes, one of which was just to update people. Uh, you probably hadn't heard this, but the go-kart track sometimes is known for its gossip and no. things that are not true. <laughs> <laughs> so I would always use the calls, number one, to – to let our customers know the truth on what we were doing, what we were working on, you know, what somebody might be running or trying or whatever the case may be. And then we would always open it up for our customers all over the country to ask our guys questions, whether if, if it was a, a go-kart, you know, technical question, they could ask Robin and he'd answer it. You know, they would say, Hey, what do you think about this? What if I tried this? What do you think it'll do? Uh, then we would talk, you know, they talk tires, you know, to all of our, people on the call that are that no tires like what you know we raced this past weekend at this track you know what we all trying to run well we were running you know re-rolls and we, we were wiping this and not wiping that and you know all that because look i don't gain anything by having any of my customers struggle you know so right. i mean you know and we're not gonna we're not gonna everybody's not gonna get it right all the time and sometimes we're gonna go as a brand, as a team, and as customers, and stink it up. Somebody else, you know, there's so many talented people in this industry. I mean, sometimes you're just going to get outrun. But it's not going to be because, you know, a, a Saturday night racer that races at, you know, Capital City or Liberty or something, it's not going to be because we didn't try to give him the latest and greatest information we could provide him about the cart or what we thought he would need to do with tires or gears or if the cart does this, try that. If the cart does that, try this. You know, and, and we've always felt that way. And that's why we're, you know, we're taking it a step further next year. You know, for, since for the last seven or eight years, we've always had a number of people race out of my trailer, out of the Premier trailer. And we're getting away from that this year because now we've got distributors that are racing. So what we're doing now is we're taking our trailer and kind of upfitting it, and we're going to start taking it to, different racetracks every weekend and having a, a customer service center. And so 
uh, we, not not just the big races and the nationals and the Max Daddies and all that. We're going to go to Saturday night shows and different things to go to the racetrack. We'll have parts. We'll have carts. We'll have scales. Uh, we'll have assistance. We'll have, you know, and, and we want to help all of our customers at that track that night. You know, if they need to get the cart scaled, we can scale it. If they need help on tires, you know, we can help point them in direction on that. You know, just kind of provide support at different places for our customers and, and use our resources in that way to try to make sure that we get to as many places as we can, you know, this coming up year to, to show our support, first of all, but to, to, to give our customers the, the resources and give them the support that we think they need uh, or we want them to have to give them the best chance to win. And I did, I saw that on the internet somewhere. And I think you even had like a little schedule where you kind of planned to be with that trailer. Where, where was that, that I saw that? Was that on your website or um, was that on I guess Facebook? I get, I get my daughter to do Facebook posts for me. So she probably okay. posted on Hermes Saddle Carding uh, Facebook page, but we're still okay. working on that. But, you know, we will go to the, you know, we want to go to the Nationals and the Big O and, you know, the Max Daddies and all that. But we also want to go visit right. the Saturday night, you know, tracks. And we want to get up north. We want to get up, you know, Delaware, Pennsylvania. We want to get down to you know, Florida, get out to Mississippi, do some other things, but we, we've got to go out and you can't just always, you know, ship carts at the door and, and expect everybody's going to get it all figured out on their own. You know, we need to, we need to go out and, and provide as much service and support as we can, you know, for our customers. Cause ultimately that's really what's going to separate you from, you know, from, from the others in the industry. There's probably 15 manufacturers, if not more, that build quality go-karts that, you know, that the top tier guys with enough, you know, with a little work could get them to run. But as I said, what we try to do is provide, you know, a, a, a bigger amount of service and technical support, um, customer service, uh, bonuses. For instance, I'm putting up some big bonuses for my junior drivers at Daytona, you know, uh, coming up uh, later this month. If they, um, you know, $200 per win plus another big bonus, a couple thousand dollars if they sweep a day, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but you got, you got to let people know that you're supporting them and that you're, that you want to see them succeed. You can't just leave people out on the island because, you know, the go-kart industry, as I said before, it's, it's fickle. You know, you can have somebody that can be your best friend and biggest customer. And then, you know, they finish fifth one weekend, they get mad next weekend, they show up on another cart, you know, that's just the way they, they think, they think they're going to solve all their problems. And we try to create relationships that we can nip some of that stuff in the, you know, in the, in the bud before it gets to that point and try to always be feeding them as much information as possible. Right. Good deal. Um, let's see. Uh, so when you, so when you left, I guess you left the sport, you know, back in I guess the early nineties or late eighties and, you know, you, you raced about um, that NASCAR and Bush and everything else. When you came back to racing, you guys got really back involved in it. Was there one thing that stuck out to you the most? Um, and it could be anything. I mean, go-kart-wise, tire-wise, track-wise, people-wise. But was there anything that stuck out to you the most, like when you guys kind of got back into it a little bit? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that – the first thing you notice when you watch the racing is there's a tremendous overall – uh decline in the respect that people show each other on the racetrack and there's a lot of 
reasons for that. When I did the majority of my racing, we didn't have bodies. It was open wheel cars and you had, you had to actually work to pass somebody and you had to be methodical and technical and, you know, but that, that horse is out of the barn. We, you know, we're not going backwards, you know? Right. So, you know, but that was the first thing that I saw from the, from the eye was, you know, and Robin and I laugh about it now because every time you know, one of my guys will call me or say, so-and-so wrecked me, so-and-so wrecked me, you know, and Robin kind of says this in jest sometimes, but really it, it's a lot of truth to it too. He said, well, we just got to, we got to get faster so they can't catch you. You know, you can't, because if they mm-hmm. catch you, they're going, they're going to dump you, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but so that's a concern just, and again, more so for the kids. I, I don't like the fact that in all cases that, you know, in some cases, the kids are maybe seeing, you know, and these kids, these especially the eight, nine, ten-year-olds, they're very impressionable. Uh, they look up to the adult drivers who, who are their idols and heroes right now. And uh, I, I don't like the fact that they're getting, you know, shown on some cases that it's okay just to go run into somebody or turn left and run somebody down into the infield blocking or whatever the case may be. Um, that's something I think needs to be addressed and cleaned up. And I get to that because my next point is probably the more important one than that is, is that there's a real lack of consistency at the places that I've been on how the races are policed uh, as far as by the flagman or race control or, or whatever. And I think some of those problems are related to the fact that there's, you know, we need, we need some type of a governing body to govern go-kart racing, period. And set the set the parameters and the you know and and the rules and how it's going to be administered and that that not only that only goes for the track that also goes for tech men and and things like that. We just gotta we've gotta we've gotta present the sport in a more professional um, in a more professional way, and we've gotta have more professional racing on the track and not just this you know dumping and blocking and fighting and all these things that go on and you just got You just can't have that. If you want your industry to be talked about with, you know, with, uh, with the higher levels of racing. So I, I just see all that pointing to, we've got to find out a way that, you know, I can't have customers that go to one track this Saturday night and it's one set of rules, you know, owned by the flagman and engine rules and something else. And you go somewhere the next weekend, it's another set of rules and, it's just more money, more confusion. Um, so I'm hoping that somehow that the powers that be will, will, you know, will figure out how we can. I tell you, when I first started and started going to those gold cup races, you know, back in the mid eighties and a lot of people didn't like him, but Dick Wilson was the president of WKA and he owned the, the Lamar County Speedway in Barnesville, Georgia. That was the first race of every year was at his track. And there was no question about it. He was in charge. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, it, it, what he said went. But I can tell you, there wasn't all this, you know, some of this uh, way people act and the way people race and all that. It, that didn't go on back then for a number of reasons. So um, that, you know, if somebody asked me what, what do we need to do to help go-kart racing, I think we need to try to figure out some type of a, you know, some type of a sanctioning body that, is in control of, of, of that form of go-kart racing. And I think we need to spend a little more time being consistent on how the races are 
or, or officiated, officiated, you know, by the flagman. And I tell you, the tech people, and we've got some good ones out there, but the tech people are some of the most important people, you know, in the sport because you got to keep the integrity. Uh, when you get beat, you want to know that you got beat by somebody that was legal but was just better than you. And that's the biggest thing I see. Maybe not at the bigger races, but the Saturday night races. There's so mm-hmm. much cheating going on, you know, with with engines and things like that. It's just no fun to go. And I think if they could figure out a way again to to uh, tighten up the rules and the regulations and how you how you police all that, I think we'd be better off. Yeah, and, uh, and we've talked about that a few people in the past and, um, that have been around the sport for a while that, uh, you know, we won a national championship back in 2005. And one of the last years that WK was really present as like the governing body. And I think a large part of, of how it all kind of got maybe a little out of control. And I, and I don't have any answers, by the way, but it's just where we've kind of gone to more like money events where every weekend it's somewhere different as opposed to, you know, the four or five, six race schedule where you kind of build up to the points and stuff like that. Um, and for everything that WK maybe wasn't or was, depending on who you talk to, I think that just have, like you said, having at least a general body to um, maybe it wasn't perfect, but just something. Right now, it's like you said, it's kind of all over the board. Well, right, and, right, wrong, or different. Somebody's got to be in charge. You know, somebody's right. got to, you know, somebody's got to have somebody to answer to. And same thing, like you said, I don't have all the, you know, all the answers of how to fix it tomorrow or whatever, but, but there's no, there's, there's no real repercussions for somebody. Okay, somebody cheats, they get kicked out, whatever. Somebody mm-hmm. wrecks somebody, maybe they get black flagged. You know, maybe they don't. Maybe they have to park it for the night, but they come back next week. There's no, you know, there's no real consequences for people disrespecting the sport. And I really, again, I go back to really with the kids. It really concerns me on, on, the, on the kids' level. Um, I just don't think it's a good idea to, you know, something as simple as, and, you know, people have laughed at me about this stuff, people that have raced with me out of my trailer and all that, you know, I don't allow them to carry beer to the trailer. I mean, to, to mm-hmm. the track. Yeah. I don't even want them drinking a beer when the race is over. You can leave the racetrack and go down the road somewhere. And it's only because the kids that are there. And, and look, in, in, in the big scheme of things, it's probably not a big deal. You know, the races are over. You want to sit around with your buddies. And have a cold beer is probably no harm in that, but the problem is some of those guys are drinking beer while they're racing. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just, you know, there's a lot of things nobody wants to step up and say, okay, if you get caught with alcohol on the property, you know, it's a thousand dollar fine or whatever. But I don't want to race against somebody that's drinking or doing anything even worse than that. I don't want the kids that are racing in my trailer to think that it's okay to be out there racing with your livelihood and those of other, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old kids on the line or, or whatever, think it's okay just to do some of these things that we got to set better examples, I guess is the best way to do it. But it just seems like we're struggling to find somebody that is willing to, you know, set the guidelines and really hold these people's feet to the fire. And that's the only way that they're going to fix a lot of it. And I care a lot about the sport. I know you do. I know, a lot of other people do too, but I think it needs some attention in some of these areas um, to, to get it back to what it really, really could be. 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, um, I mean, I'm doing the podcast, but from my perspective, I, I think it all starts with a conversation, you know, and maybe you and I don't have the answers, but I'm, I'm hoping one day that one person's going to hear this that does have it. Maybe it's the, uh, the spark to kind of get them moving forward. And I think that anyone that wanted to stand up to try to do something, I think there's a lot of people that I don't know how much help everyone would be able to give, but I'm sure like myself and you or all the past guests or plenty of people will be willing to help um, in the ways that they can. So I don't think it's, it's just kind of like that first person to kind of step forward and kind of start the process. So, um, so if we talk about enough, um, you know, hopefully somebody will, and we all have a lot of invested interests, whether it be a business or just a hobby or kids coming into it. So um, I think a lot of people, you know, for everything we can disagree with off the track, we are all there because we love the sport and, uh, and want it to succeed, you know? So, um, I think that's, for, like I said, for everything we might not have there, we can argue over stuff. Um, everyone's there for the same reason, for the same love. And I think that's something that can, can kind of pull us together moving forward and, um, and always kind of has in the past when things have gotten low. So, um, yes, sir. Um, have you ever rode one of your go-karts? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I did, I did, um, I'm not going to say the majority. I did some of the testing with the, with the V1, um, actually raced on it some, you know, I guess you could, I guess about eight years ago when we were racing with Justin McDonald, I actually went and, and, and ran some of the national races and, and things, you know, back in, back in the early days, I did some, you know, tested some, and then actually went and raced some too. And, um, I really enjoy doing that. Now the, the racing days for me at that level, uh, on a go-kart are over, but I, but I still, uh, hope to be involved, you know, moving forward into next year with the V3 and do some, you know, Jonathan Cash is doing all of the testing. I want to make sure people understand that he's doing, you know, he's worked really, really close with Robin on the development of this new cart and all the feedback, but I do look forward to, uh, riding it at some point. Uh, but, but I was more involved in that side of it, uh, when we first started, but I still, every once in a while, I like to, to, uh, get up there and ride around and have some fun. The last, I won't call any names, but the last time I raced was at a, a VDKA race. I think it was two years ago. I hadn't, I was still, you know, traveling full time, uh, working for Fox at the time, but I had a weekend off and somebody, I won't call names, but a customer called, we had just sold a customer, a new cart. And he went and rode it one time, and of course he he didn't win. So he called back and told our guys the the cart was no good; it wouldn't turn the ten acre field, all that. So mm-hmm. I told my guys, Austin Banker was with me at the time. I told him, fix that cart, and we're taking it to the VDKA race this weekend. And I'm running against that guy in super heavy, and <laughs> I laughed. Him. So oh. uh, you know, it was it was that's just that's not typically how I uh, how I, I reacted, but he was so ugly. Uh, so derogatory towards us in the cart, uh, we just had to go do that. And um, but I hadn't raced since then. I, I'm so blessed and, and thankful these days that we've got. I mean, you mentioned Austin Yarborough, but all the drivers and the, we've got a good group, good group of drivers in the semi-pro type ranks, and we got some very talented kids. And we get a lot of feedback on our carts every weekend now. And Robin does a a good job of of getting that feedback out of our customers every weekend to kind of put that in the put that in the notes, you know, and, and put that in the, you know, in his brain as to the things he's working for, um, you know, uh, down the line. So that's, that's very exciting. But I look, once you got racing in your blood, you'll never get it out. Um, it's just fun every once in a while, just to plop down in and go get some laps in. And, and, um, it kind of brings you back to why you started doing all this in the first place. 
Yes, sir. And uh, and you've alluded to a couple of times that um, your, I guess your distributor list or the people that distribute for you have kind of grown a little bit. And uh, I know recently I saw where uh, Stiffy up in PA was going to start being the distributor for you guys. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've known Brian Bradford for twenty years now, so um, it seems like at least from the people that I that I know a little more on the personal side that. You know, not only are you you building a good chassis, but uh, even the people that you have associated with you, like we talked about Mike Bullis earlier, um, just really good people that are in it for the right reasons too. You know, and uh, it, it it takes is this business and and go kart the go kart industry is just like every other business that I'm involved in. It's all about the people. That's really what it boils down to. It's it's, it's and that's the the quality of the people that are building the carts. The quality of people that are your customers, your distributors, and look, we try to put our distributors in a position. I mentioned about having, you know, the one cart, you know, in the one set of components. I don't require my distributors to to stock a bunch of carts and parts. You know, we have a very very simple agreement. You sell a cart, you get paid X commission, and we don't ask them to to stock, you know, bunches of parts because, you know, a lot of people just don't have that that cash flow, you know, to be able to stock all this stuff and it just, you know, causes problems. But this business is 100%, you know, about the people and people have to buy into the, you know, to the mission. And, you know, you have to have people that are patient at times. It's not always going to be, you know, uh, rosy. And sometimes it's going, you know, it's going to be more difficult to get things done than others. But, you know, we, I've got probably, I'm not sure if the website is updated. We probably got six or seven distributors. I've got a list of just list of potential distributors in my office. I probably got 40 names on there, and, sure. <laughs> but we, I just don't, you know, we tell a lot of people, no, I mean, I, I have to, because I just, you know, we're just not there as far as we, 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 we do not mass produce stuff. And so, you know, we, I like a little bit of supply and demand. I like for the demand to be more than the supply a little bit. But if we, you know, if we if we added everybody who wanted to be a distributor, you know, we would have to produce, you know, four to five hundred carts a year uh, to 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 satisfy all of those needs on a consistent basis to give people a chance to, you know, to make it worth their while. And we're just not in the position to do that. So there's no need for me to, you know, pretend like we can do that and promise people things that we can't provide once we get going. Gotcha. A <clears throat> um, couple closing conversations. And uh, again, man, I appreciate your time. I know you probably got lots of stuff to do. And um, and I'm definitely, hopefully, maybe uh, later on down the line, maybe after the V3 comes out, maybe we can do like a round two or something. And maybe we can get you and Robin on at the same time just to kind of discuss that. But um, a kind of a question I had, um, not just with go-kart racing, but was there, and I know you've jumped back in the seat to run super heavy to prove a point here and there and stuff, but um, was there a moment when you when you knew that you were done racing, whether it be your choice or someone else's, and and looking back on that moment, do you feel differently about it now than when um, when it actually happened? You mean kart racing or stock car racing? No, stock car racing. Racing in general, yeah, more stock car yeah. racing. That was the last well, for me, for me, it was very simple. Um, I have always told myself and my wife that, and it was not only that way with racing, but also I did 15 years worth of TV for Fox sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the 2019 season, they sent me a, a contract, a renewal to renew my contract. And I just, I, I just didn't sign it. I, 
And the reason I say that is same way with racing. When I was got to where I was not excited to go to the racetrack, or if I was when I was not excited to get up to go to the airport to go to the racetrack to to you know to do a televised race for Fox, it was time for me to to not do it anymore. And um, my 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 interest in racing over the last couple of years, you know, I ran a couple of Xfinity races, you know, uh, in 2019, and uh, you know, COVID kind of put a kink on everything in 2020. Uh, but for me, it just, my interest in that type of racing just went away. You know, I just didn't, I just didn't, you know, I had so many other things going on, family, business, uh, my interest in premier, all those things they kind of had my attention and I just, I just, uh, it just wasn't worth it to me to, you know, to put in the sacrifice, not only a financial sacrifice, but more so the amount of time that I had to be gone. You know, I started traveling full time. Uh, in NASCAR in 1993. So you look at 1993 all the way up to 2019, you know, I'm gone probably, you know, average of four days a week for all those years. And as, you know, I had great jobs and I got to race for all those years. I've got more great friends in that industry than I can ever count and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But there, there comes a time when, you know, other things are more important than, than, than my career or my, you know, and I had plenty of stuff going on here business-wise that I'm involved in now. So uh, to answer your question, there, there was not a certain episode or a certain thing. It just got to where I wasn't interested in putting in the time and effort and money, not only to, to race, but working with sponsors and trying to get sponsors and trying to negotiate with teams and, you know, traveling every week, going here and there and yonder. It just, it just got to where it wasn't fun, um, and I did. I, I dreaded going to the airport rather than looking forward to it. So, those, you know, when those things happened, I knew it was time to let somebody else do that. Right. Um, random question: uh, Daytona 500. It comes in. It comes in the spring, and there's a billboard that you could put out front for everyone to see that's coming in there. It could say anything, or you can have a picture on there if you want. Is there any message that you'd like to just kind of put out there that um, that everyone would see that was entering that day? Man, coming up next year, I just uh, I wish it would be welcome back fans. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean it's just been a such a such a a, a different year uh, this year. Uh, so many challenges. I'm really proud, even though I wasn't there every week. So proud of of NASCAR and the industry and the teams and the drivers and the sponsors. And the crew members, you know, really the first major sport to get back on track and try to, you know, try to have a season. I just thought all of it was just just tremendous, and I enjoyed it, you know, and all that. And, you know, to me, uh, I, I just hope it's – I don't think it'll be this spring, but I, I'm hoping sooner rather than later, certainly hopefully before we get to the end of, of the 2021 season, that we can – have fans, you know, back at the track and enjoying what they love. And that goes for go-kart racing too. I know we're still having some races and, you know, people are coming, but it, certainly it's been a, it's been a, uh, you know, been, been a, been a tax on the industry as well. So uh, mm -hmm. we, uh, we, we need to get people back to work, back to the track and, and get back to normal. And uh, I hope that happens sooner than later. No, I agree. And um, I know back in, in the summer, there's a couple of tracks around here locally, the U.S. 13 Car Club and um, Ardella. And, 
And it was it was really for me, it was the first time there was some kind of normalcy where I could go with my son and watch it. And, you know, everyone didn't have a mask on. I shook some hands and I, you know, I mean, everyone, I'm definitely taking it serious like everyone else and respecting other people. Um, But I also it was it was just nice to have um, with all the uncertainty going on, especially, you know, several months ago to have to be able to see your friends and see smiles and and shake hands and talk. And, and it was like you were in a different world while you're at the track. And um, at least for me, it, it was it was like about the only normal thing that happened. Everybody, it's, it's been a, the few races I've been to this year, I, I would agree. It's been more of a, you know, good to see everybody and watch the racing and all that, but more of an outlet than anything else. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think um, we've been going over for a little over an hour now. And um, I, I just want to give you an opportunity to uh, let everyone know where they can um, contact you. I'll definitely, I'll tag, you know, Hermie Sadler, Cartling, or Cartling on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff like that. But, um, you know, let, let everyone know uh, where they can contact you. And then if you have any special requests or ask or um, want to say anything else or thank anyone, feel free to uh, take this time to do that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, our website is thepremierkart.com. Or you can just type in hermiesadler.com. That defaults over to Premier Racing Chassis. It's got all of our contact information at the shop. As far as Ken Hodges, he's the uh, day-to-day operator uh, of our shop. And he'll be happy to help anybody that has any questions or, or um, you know, concerns uh, about our brand. I just want to take this opportunity to, to thank everybody that, you know, that has supported us and, you know, that uh, that is flying the flag with us. We're really excited about what's coming, you know, next year. We've got a lot of new components and parts and pieces that we'll be introducing into the spring and summer of, of, of next year. And then hopefully by early to mid-2022, we'll – We'll have everything up and running and ready to go with the with the V3, provided we can pr- prove that it will run the V2. So <laughs> that's what we're uh, that's what we're working on now. But I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate everybody who supports the karting industry, and look forward to seeing everybody at the track real soon. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that podcast uh, as much as I did. Remember, if you see this guest or anyone from the past at the track or online, reach out to them. Tell them you appreciate their time. I'm sure if you have any follow-up questions, they'd be more than happy to respond or give you some time to talk about it. Uh, It takes a lot to come on here, even just time to coordinate it with everything going on with life and families and racing and stuff like that. Um, it, it takes a little bit of an effort and no one's making money on this. We're just trying to give back to the community, kind of promote the sport a little bit. So if you see them, tell them that you appreciate it. And as always, if you enjoyed it, tell a friend and share it on Facebook. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Until next time.